Movies and More, where my co-host Lei Xing and I will go over the week's most important and interesting news coming out of the China EV, AV, and mobility sectors. Uh, this week's edition is a little special because Lei just got back from LA and I'm still in LA. What Lei and I discussed today is based on our opinions and should not be taken as investment advice. If you enjoy this room, please help us get the word out to other enthusiasts. And of course, tune in again next week. My name is Tu Li. I am the Managing Director at Sino Auto Insights, a management consultancy that helps organizations bring innovative and tech-focused products and services to the transportation and mobility sectors. I write a free weekly newsletter that we pull many of our discussion topics from. You can sign up for it at SinoAutoInsights.com, which of course, I encourage you all to do. Lei, good good evening, no good morning. And, uh, you know, saw you, what, 12 hours ago, so... Uh, it was a, it was a good week for us, I think. So, <laughs> please introduce yourself. Good afternoon. It's just past twelve p.m. here on the East Coast. I just got back from L.A. Literally stepped into the door thirty minutes ago, and uh, yeah, the, this is your co-host uh, Lei Xing, former chief editor of China Auto Review, and this is episode number ninety-two. Before we get into the L.A. Bay Area, San Francisco, back to LA trip. This is a special day. It's the 28th birthday of BYD. And a few days ago, they just produced their 3 millionth NEV, passenger vehicle NEV, a major, major milestone. So uh, a big shout out to BYD. Yes, happy birthday and congratulations, Gongxi. For anyone that's doing math, it's a hundred and seven thousand per year in the past twenty-eight years to get to three million units on average, which of course is not the reality. But right, and the significant thing is they got to two million in probably close to twenty-seven years, and they <laughs> got to the third million in what a year or so, pretty much. Since we're talking about a Chinese company in China, we are calling this NEVs. So this includes their plug-in hybrids. Plug-in hybrids. That's correct. PHEVs. Okay. So, so don't give us crap for comparing any BEVs to BYD because we are including the NEVs since we're talking China. So, so big congrats again. And back to our trip. I mean, how do you top the Detroit week that we had back in September? I guess you do it by going out west. So let me ask you, what were your uh, highlights? So let me qualify this because it was funny. We, we have a mutual friend that we have on WeChat. He asked us how LA Auto Show was, and I said it was mama hoo hoo, <laughs> which means horse, horse, tiger, tiger. And in Chinese, it's kind of a, a slang term for just okay. And you got offended. And I did right, rightfully, <laughs> rightfully so. But what I meant was not very exciting from a product standpoint. Now, Detroit wasn't very exciting either, with the exception of maybe that Mustang launch. But all of the other stuff going on really made up for it. And we can talk about that. And you've asked me now what my highlights were. I think randomly. Watching Peter Rawlinson walk around the car of the year, the Genesis car of the year. I thought G90. that was, yes. I thought, you mm-hmm. know, because it's great to see that they also appreciate other products that 
you know, it could be potentially future competitors for them. I also think that bumping into Franz and Ralph Giles and having them talk to us and be so nice to us when they didn't know who we were, I think that was pretty cool. And speaking of BYD, bumping into a BYD exterior designer. (laughs) That was so (laughs) random. So about, uh, let's say, three quarters of a mile away from the LA Convention Center, BYD has their offices. And it says BYD Motors. I I believe it's a, a retail location, but also their offices. And he was really surprised that we knew as much as we did. I think most people, when they initially meet us, are very, very surprised about how knowledgeable we are and how wonky and nerdy we are, I think. And you saw a few people and introduced me to them. Uh, I think that was pretty cool. The Volkswagen Group, uh, head of design. Klaus. Yeah. So it's just a lot of, I think the Rams game was really fun. If we're just talking about the week, I do also think that the San Francisco portion of our trip was, ex- yeah. You can I don't think we can separate this week into just auto show. Okay. So. Right. Right. So, so my answer, probably my top three. Number one is definitely the cruise experience in downtown. See, I forgot about that because it was like it was only three days ago, but it felt felt like a, a week ago. Yeah. So that's that'll be my number one. Probably your number one as well because that's that's I don't know. It's not once in a lifetime, but. It was right of your lifetime, as you tweeted, right? And then number two is meeting Ganesh Iyer, uh, CEO of Neil USA. So I wasn't even thinking of that because I was just thinking LA. But LA, right. And then number three, I would pull all of these chance meetings or not of these big shots in together as a, my, my number three is, is really meeting these people at the show, which... You know, I was telling the, the driver that took me to the airport that some a lot of the, these things that you took for granted. And that's part of the auto show, which I think is more valuable than just seeing the new products. Just face to face. Because again, yeah. the product stuff was mama hoo because the Prius was, was really good to see. I think that was really striking. The VinFast uh, press conference, I think that was significant because they had launched two vehicles. And announced that that uh, Goshen is investing in Vietnam and battery capacity in Vietnam. So China, China Battery Inc. is now not only in China, Europe, and the United States, but they will be in Vietnam as well. Vietnam, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was uh, what two hundred seventy five million dollar five gigawatt hour thirty million cell capacity LFP uh, startup production in about two years. So that's the gist of it, and it really shoots Vietnam to the forefront of Southeast Asian electric vehicle manufacturing, which is important because Thailand is the big dog when it comes to ICE, Toyota, all the Japanese are in Thailand. So Yeah. And maybe number two, no, number one, maybe I should, you didn't get a chance, but I should add the Zeker, Geely, Waymo, and Vision event that Thank you, Ash, for <laughs> uh, getting that details that, that I got to see at the very end. It was over. The, the, the event was over, but I got to see it and talk to some of the people there. And then also the emotional robotaxi. So these are, are the cruise, Waymo, emotional, I guess, are probably 
the three prominent ones in the robotaxi space that we got to see and experience,、mm-hmm. right? If you pull that together, in number one, do do you want to talk maybe cruise in a little bit more detail? You, you know, what do you think? So you know, I hesitated to write about it in the newsletter because I wanted to take a, a few、yeah. moments to think through,、right. and so the the Chinese autonomous vehicles that I've ridden in. All had a safety driver, so let me just say that I didn't get the chance. I've been invited to do these non-safety driver autonomous vehicle rides in China, but for whatever reason, because of COVID, primarily, I've not been able to actually go and do it. So, be able to do it in the United States. And you and I were joking about this. I am probably one or a handful of other people in this world that have now been able to do both in the last few months, and. I have to say, my last ride was in in Baidu's, and I had gotten an opportunity to ride in Baidu's Apollo Robo Taxi twice over a six month period, I think. And the improvement between ride number one and ride number two for Apollo was significant, and the herky jerkiness that I felt in the first ride was taken away and normalized, and. You kept on saying when we're in the cruise robo taxi, this feels like a person driving, and I feel that、yes. you know Baidu had incorporated that into the the the, the newest iteration of the、uh, software and hardware stack, and I felt comfortable, I felt safe in both vehicles. Now, cruise at night is a little bit easier. You know, we saw naked lefts. We saw a lot of instances where it was pretty careful. Even on red, it wouldn't turn、uh, right. So, seeing no driver in the front seat took it to that next level for me. Okay. Yeah. And the next morning, we saw Kyle Vaught said that they're starting to do daytime. So now that's a game changer for me because. When I was doing it with Baidu and We Ride, it was during the day, and the, the, it's geofenced, right? I'll be here with the safety driver. Yeah, it's geofenced, but it's still taking us point to point where we're asking within、uh, an ODD, right? So very impressive on both sides. If if I had to lean one way or the other, I, I'd say probably Cruise is a little more polished, but but I, I'll try to write. A bit more detail in next week's newsletter, and then you and I can maybe follow up and talk in a little bit more detail. But what were your initial thoughts? Because you know, for you, it was a unique experience for you, right? So it was. It was unique and not unique at the same time, in the sense that for us, having been following the industry, the EVs and the AVs, and seeing people post on social. Of their experiences with cruise, so coming into it, we had certain expectations, which、uh, really improved how you begin to trust the, the the vehicle, and that quick that trust quickly kicked in. And after that, it was just you had you had an initial shot of adrenaline, but it subsided, and then we were just like, oh, this is as I was saying, this is just a. Feels like a normal person driving, and、uh, but yes, it it wasn't perfect. There were caveats. It, it runs from 10 p.m. to 5:30 a.m. in the morning. It has, you know, limited. It's geofenced, 
I will say that, so for anyone who's familiar with San Francisco, we went from Japantown right off of Geary to Sunset on around 10th and Irving near uh, Santang uh, Chinese restaurant. And I, I, I chose that, those two points because I knew there was going to be a lot of turns and driving through the neighborhoods because if we're driving on Geary, it's pretty straight. And so yep. I purposely chose those two points. And again, um, not as heavily trafficked, but still pretty impressive. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then the, the hilly streets of San Francisco, a lot of traffic lights or stop signs, which meant I, you know, on our flight back to LA, I watched the videos that I took, or, you know, you took the same videos. And I noticed the speed never went above 25 miles per hour. Mm. So you, you do the same thing. So those are the kind of the ODDs that that limits what you know the, the vehicles you know like daytime nighttime but it i mean the, a lot of the left turns it was smooth uh some of the stop signs you saw nudging forward a little bit it almost feel like oh you, you couldn't see but normal human driver would do that and it, it did that there were corner cases there were double parked cars there were people running out there were pedestrians crossing the street. There's a person there that was very close to a, a commercial vehicle, and they I don't think they could tell what it was, and so it slowed down right around there. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so uh, you know, nudging to, to give way, these sort of things, you know, it, it showed that it was pretty uh, advanced. And one other important thing to point out is just the HMI, the voice prompt, the screens on your phone, and... and on the back seat, the, the seat backs, uh, those things are important as well so that you know what to do. And that's not to say that 25 top speed is not to say that it wasn't aggressively accelerating because it was it was accelerating pretty normal for me. Yeah. So, so like a, a person would, like it was not easing into accelerating after a full stop. It was, it was going and, um, you know, and, and, 25 seems really low, but we didn't feel like, I didn't feel that we were driving very slow. Again, we were in neighborhoods, right? Yeah. So Because of those traffic lights and stop signs, you, you couldn't have gone too much faster. Right. Uh, because once you pick up speed, you have to stop because there's a, a next traffic light or a stop sign. And, situ- and situationally, yeah. Yichuang, where Baidu is, is a little bit different. There are roundabouts, and it was... It, it, the scenarios are a little bit different because Yichuang also has like four or five lane roads. Yeah. Beijing right now, compared to 10 years ago, traffic wise and drivers following the rules is night and day. And what I mean by that is when I first moved to China 13 years ago, no one obeyed anything. And people would obey the red lights, but the salonches, the bikes, they would go, they would cross. And the and the motorcycles, they would cross without any hesitation. So that has stopped happening as much in Beijing. And so we're moving towards a mature transportation system in Beijing. I think if you go to the lower tier cities, it's still kind of random and still pretty crazy. Guangzhou for We Ride. That was still a little bit crazy, but again, it was also kind of a predetermined route. And 
I'd love and hopefully we'll be able to do that next time we're in China. Go test We Ride out again. Go test Baidu out again because it's not the difference is not sig- significant enough to where one is clearly the leader, in my opinion. So yeah, and the other thing to point out is we had a uh, uh, two trips. We made two trips because <laughs> we're nerds. <laughs> And we need to get back to the car. <laughs> for, well, we had to get, go back, right, yeah, to yeah. where we began. So uh-huh. the, the first trip was in a uh, car called Strawberry, and the second, the, the return trip was in a car called Ant. And I thought Ant did a slightly better job because there were more left turns on the way back, I think. Ant was a newer model, too, because I, Stra- I think Strawberry was a little bit older. And then cost-wise, uh, I'll send you some uh, screenshots uh, of the, you know, the cost. I think it was $25 round trip, so $13 to and $12 back or the other way around, but $25, $26. And this is for one way was about 18 to 20 minutes each way and, and, and about three three miles, I think, or something like that. To stress, this was a paid driverless ride hailing, uh, not not a not a you know a, a free test. Yes, we were lucky enough to get get access to the app. Uh, yeah, we we should mention that a, a good friend of ours um, helped uh, with, with this uh, experience. So uh, we appreciate. So if you're going to go to California and you want to try out the cruise, I would download the app right now. Get on the wait list. Yep. And uh, once you're approved. It looks like they're expanding the service, so maybe they'll pull more people off of the wait list. So yeah, so we lived in the future for I don't know an hour or so, you know, twenty five minutes. We drove specifically from South Bay to San Francisco <laughs> to do this ride, and it was yeah. not disappointing. So yeah, because we got it right away. We called it, and it was there right away. So we didn't have yeah. to wait, and then we. Drove, we took one back, and then we just drove right back down to South Bay. So, Yeah. Good thing we rented a uh, Model 3. Yes. So <laughs> Tesla helped, too. <laughs> yes. So, and uh, I know there are people that were wondering uh, if we can disclose anything about our meeting with, with, with Ganesh. But, you know, that was more or less a, a social meeting and right. completely off the record. So, yeah. Well, what what we can say is his, you know, he's a almost a lifer at Neo. He's been with Neo for seven years. So formerly with uh, um, Tesla. I mean, he's a on his resume. So and he's fully committed to Lee Ben's vision of Neo. Yeah, he spent four and a half years at Tesla. So we also spoke about a little bit of his time there and what's happening with 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 Elon. So he gave us his opinion about that too. Yeah, for me, it was actually my second time visiting. The first time was in January 2018. So it was good to be back and totally different Neo now than, right, January 20. I'm thinking in the next, and within five years, that small little office is, they'll be moved out of that office and into somewhere else, I think. And then there, there was a ES8. Park in the back and a ES6. This we can say. I mean, it's you know, it's not. Yeah, yeah, both both of them had M plates or manufacturer plates, so they weren't really road legal. Uh, they're they're legal as engineering vehicles, yeah. but not as private passenger vehicles. So no one, so no one's driving an ES8 as as their daily driver to and from work as 
a, a customer yet. So yeah, and uh, you know this. We said this before on the show, and we're gonna say it again. So there's there's already Neo Berlin happened. Next, sometimes in the future, I would expect a Neo San Francisco or something similar, and then maybe a Neo Palo Alto. I would think it's just a matter of time. So that's where all the that's where the money is concentrated, right? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just I guess just just the 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 number of people that we we met, uh, planned and unplanned. We're, we're, uh, well, you got to meet a few of my. My old Manti friends, and I think that was a good dinner. Good yeah, drinks. Yeah, Beijing, Beijing, <laughs> B A Y J I N G friends. <laughs> One of those people is Ye Xin or Xin. He's a OG from the China tech industry, right? Yeah, he, he probably knew everybody. <laughs> yes, he knew Junpei from from Septon, and so next door neighbors. Yes, apparently Shin is a good dude. <laughs> so and, small uh, world. Yeah. Oh man, just kind of recapping. And I'm still in LA, so the the trip is not yet over for me. I may do Peterson's this afternoon. Oh, definitely you have to go cuz they have that Tesla exhibit oh, yeah. on. Yeah, so right. so you have to go, you know. And then tonight is the Fisker event. So I have the 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 red eye flight. So speaking, yes, this is a good point to to mention speaking of Fisker. So yesterday was the SOP of the Fisker Ocean, and also the one-year anniversary of <laughs> my conversation with uh, Henrik Fisker last year at the LA Auto Show, which kicked which kicked off our, our Max series, our Max series, and uh, yeah, so we you know we congratulated BYD, we congratulated uh, Fisker and Henrik also. Uh, not easy these days to keep your promise that you made a year ago. And this is a complete 180 for Henrik from his first startup where he wanted to do everything himself. So congratulations to Henrik. I think we're going to have a hit on our hands with the Fisker Ocean unless there are any manufacturing and quality reliability issues because uh, I, I do think that Europe is ready for a completely ground up uh, electric vehicle outside of Tesla as well. So, yeah, I think volume uh, volume wise is going to be uh, small. I think it's going to be in the hundreds for this year, and then slowly ramping up Q1, Q2, Q3 next year into the mid thousands, I guess. Because we have to remember that Magna is also learning how to build EVs, right? So yeah. they, 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 they're experts at building cars, mostly petrol cars, but this is a learning experience for Magna as well. Yeah, so. and uh, I think next year, their, their planned production is only over 40,000 units. So it's a very slow ramp up. Right. But nonetheless, you, you know, SOP, so job one done. I'm looking forward to the event tonight, but maybe you can talk a little bit about the event we went to last night. And <laughs> well, I guess we mentioned it a little bit, but well, before that, you know, speaking of Henrik, Henrik being our first Max episode, our latest, we should talk about it as well. Uh, Max episode that will be dropping in, in you know in, in due course. Let's say two weeks. Is yeah, is the um, Zach Anderson. The CTO of Clear Motion, which uh, recently received a 
39 million investment from Neo Capital, and there's going to be some big news coming out. So just wait for the pod. Big enough to where he has to travel. So yes, yes. Did we mention last week that、uh, we dropped the Henry Sanderson Max episode? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I think that's really important because of all of the the chess playing from the battery startups or not startups but the battery companies globally, and、right. uh, it dovetails into the S and P report last week that said due due to geopolitics,、uh, due to supply of the rare earth metals. There, there should be some volatility in pricing and availability of, of of batteries, and effectively, the U.S. legacies have completely and fully embraced the LFP chemistry now. And if you were a listener of the Steve Levine episodes for Max, you'd have known that already because we talked about that months ago. So it's a little bit of validation that you know we had kind of. Talk through that, and S and P is also now pointing that out as a as a future risk for these EV companies. Yeah. So、um, back to the L A Auto Show a little bit. So I met some people, you met some people, and both of us met some people at the same time. <laughs> so so starting off with actually on the sixteenth,、uh, I was at the、uh, Porsche nine eleven Dakar event, and I met. Oliver Bruma for the first time since 2019, and、uh, his first trip outside of、uh, Germany since China. <laughs> I, I have a scoop. He will be back in China for a week、uh, in the not too distant future, and、uh, he, I, I, I say he looked a little bit thin and tired. So it must have, you know, being the CEO of the group and, and Porsche. I think it's、uh, it's not easy, right? And then、um, there was a, a, a VW event, and I got to talk to Thomas Schaefer, the CEO of VW Brand Global. He used to be the CEO of Skoda, and I, I was waiting to get a beer at the event, and he just standing next to me, and we started talking, and you know, and then he op- like his eyes lit up. I think when I talked like a lot of stuff on China, and then we kept talking. So he's got he's got a, a huge burden to bear for Volks for Volkswagen Group. So yeah, yeah. If he can turn them around, he's going to be likely the hero and likely someone who could succeed Oliver Bluma. So yeah, and and then the event last night, we 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 met with the、uh, France. His full name is Hohausen von Hohausen. Is that correct? Yes, the、uh, chief designer for Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I, I joke that, that that's the closest we get to、uh, Elon Musk. He couldn't have been nicer, <laughs> by the way. He couldn't have been nicer. So yeah, he was he was very nice when we, we talked about some China Tesla stuff. And Alicia asked us who he was, and I was like, he's known for breaking windows. <laughs> and he laughed about that. That was so, so. funny. <laughs> yeah. And then Ralph Giles, yeah, a legend, I think, in in the. Design circles, and you know, I didn't pull any punches. You know me; I don't really pull any punches. I told Ralph, I was like, "Hey, man, what are we gonna do about those fake noises?" He was like, <laughs> "We're working on it." He was like, "You know, give me some time, man. Don't you know? Don't don't, don't bum rush me yet, or whatever." So he he knows, yeah. You know, with that、yeah. response, and he was、yeah. very very 
Yeah, I mean, we were joking. I said it jokingly, but you know, he took it the way I wanted him to, so that's good. Yeah, two is referring to the uh, Dodge Charger Daytona SRT concept, that the new EV with that fake sound. That's what two was <laughs> referring to. So, and so it's 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 part of the UX team. That's yeah, the sound thing, the sound for that vehicle is part of the UX team's responsibilities. That's what he said. So. And then uh, the BYD guy we mentioned, um, Greek American working in the U.S. for a Chinese company. That's as global as you can get. And he's an art center <laughs> of Pasadena graduate. Yeah. So yeah. And then, and then at the show we met uh, Klaus Klaus Kiosera, the head of design for Volkswagen Group, uh, right next to the new Prius. So we had some fun discussions. Uh, on on the industry the two big groups that i think were significant for the press releases were the the genesis uh with with ed Lowe. yeah you should mention that handing the motor trend car the year vehicle to the the genesis team i think there was a huge crowd for that and i think the prius had a huge crowd and uh the vinfast i thought that was pretty significant crowd vinfast yeah yeah and then, uh, as we mentioned earlier, you know, at, toward the end of the day, we were walking out. There's Peter Rawlinson checking out the Genesis, Genesis yes. G90, and he was all smiles. Like the way you know, we took a, we took a picture with him, and, and his smile is just so affectionate, right? If you look at the, yeah, the just photo. like just seems like a very <laughs> very happy person. So yeah, yeah, it's got the you know British humor type of feel and oh i i should mention that there are four there are four companies that foxconn is going to be building for at lordstown one of them lordstown motors the other fisker with the pair seer is the seer, newest yes yes and the fourth is indie ev and indie ev is an la-based electric vehicle startup that is really leaning into the gaming, the augmented reality, and the virtual reality. So I got a chance to speak with the head of engineering uh, and uh, you know discuss this with him about how he's going to enter the market. And so I think Foxconn is going to have a really, really complicated factory at Lordstown. And, and you haven't mentioned the Foxtron yet, right? Yes. Because that's, that's not a U.S. thing. But yeah. So Luyan Motors? Is it Luxon or Luyan? Luxgen. Yeah, Luxgen yeah. is a Taiwanese. Yulong, Yulong. Yulong, Yulong, yes. Yulong Motors, yeah. Yes, yeah, so they are a Taiwanese car manufacturer. Foxconn has partnered with them and created a brand called Foxtron. And there are a number of vehicles that they've unveiled under the Foxtron brand. There's a pickup. One of them is a pickup. And so, you know... You see Magna, you see Foxconn. They, uh, I believe, Magna and Foxconn both want to move up the the food chain. I truly believe that, and so they're learning as they go. And the chances of all four of those vehicle brands that Foxconn has at Lordstown succeeding is very, very small. And because because it's just a capital thing, if they're not selling right off the bat, then the working capital is not going to be enough to maintain buying parts for production. 
Okay. And they'll always, these companies, if they're not selling right away, they'll always need to raise capital. And you can't IPO right now. It's not a, it's not a great market for IPOs for electric vehicles for or any company from that standpoint. Yeah. And I think most investors have figured out that making electric vehicles is hard. It's expensive. And the return is not going to come back in a five, six year time frame. And so they, a lot of them have probably gotten burned by Tesla because of Tesla share price tanking, not tanking, but down big, you know, over the last how many months? Unfortunately, you cannot just say it's Tesla's business operations that have reduced the market cap because of what's going on with Elon and Twitter. So, man, rolling into 2023, it's going to be interesting times. I think money is going to be a little bit tighter. I think more announcements about Chinese companies entering Europe and potentially the United States. I would say before the end of summer, a Chinese company will have announced that. One or two Chinese companies will have announced that they're entering the U.S. So, Latest by 2024, I think. Yeah, no, if not next year, and then, and then quickly on on the, on the product reveals, just a, a, a few uh, Amer- North American debuts. So Hyundai Ioniq six, the Kia EV six GT, and the Fiat came out with this new five hundred E that's launching in twenty twenty four. Then the Minfast with the uh, VF six and seven smaller SUVs. Other than that. The Prius, obviously. They did also show the EF9, the VF9. Yeah, VF9. Which is a $91,000 car. Yeah. And I thought they had pulled the leasing, the battery leasing, but they have not because the sales folks did say that that's an option. So I think you and I might have to go back to LA in the next couple of months and test drive these cars, Lay. Well, we uh, right next to the show, we 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 test rode the uh, Kia EV6, the Chevrolet Bolt EUV, the Genesis Genesis GV60. That was nice, uh, and the uh, the VF8, right? Correct. The Vinfast VF8. Hyundai and Kia are are just running on all cylinders, quote unquote. And yeah. I was able to meet a communications manager at Hyundai Group who was there specifically to promote Genesis. So we had some interesting conversations or, or we had an interesting conversations that we were, as we were walking back and forth to the halls and I plan to keep in touch with him. Yeah. So hopefully I'll have updates on what's going on with Genesis Hyundai and Kia in the United States and in China. So. Yeah, and the last thing maybe you should mention a little bit about the coding the car, the documentary that uh, Motor Trend showed, and they also came out with a book version of it. And yes. the book version featured guess who? Brian Gu of Xpeng. Well, I don't know. I, I wasn't, you know, at the. Um, I came in late for the uh, documentary showing. It's on YouTube, so they they didn't show anything on Xpeng, right? In the documentary. No, it was no, okay. effectively all car In the people. book, there was Brian <laughs> Gu was, was featured. Yes. Surprisingly, him being a uh, finance guy or, or, you know, <laughs> so, but still, 
Uh, that, that's a great book and documentary. No, if I'm I, being completely frank and objective, that documentary didn't teach me anything. But because <laughs> we've been talking about it all this time, right? Yeah, and <laughs> it was really weird. So there was an Nvidia person that they had interviewed. There was a Lucid person. There was Qualcomm, BlackBerry. Yes, BlackBerry person. But the rest of them were primarily uh, Legacy Auto and. I don't really want to hear from those guys, right? Because well, there, there was Lucid and Rivian guys. Yeah, the but they're still car so. guys, right? Because to me, yeah. the real threat is with Amazon, with Google. And, and you're probably not going to get them on record to talk about that stuff. But why couldn't they also talk to an Uber person, right? Because yeah. they talked about software. They talked about data. They talked about privacy. They talked about you know transportation. And so I watched the documentary race to vinfast saw you race back to the documentary hoping that i could speak with ed Lowe because i wanted to uh, tell him about our podcast and nice enough guy talked to him he was like there's other like five other people in this little small auditorium left over from the end of the documentary and a little chat and so you know we started talking and he kind of Everyone does, not just him, but everyone kind of looks at me a little cynically like, oh, yeah, I understand Chinese cars or Chinese EV sector. And then obviously we started talking and he started asking me questions. So I, you know, that's the kind of sign of like, okay. It was like he, meeting he, uh, Sandy Monroe, right? Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> and, and yeah, he asked the right questions, but I feel that that documentary is three to five years too late. And you, you heard people in the theater or, or like, it seemed like eye opening to them. And that's, that was concerning to me. I mean, yeah. we're, we're on an auto show. So yeah. it's all car people. Yeah. But, you know, the alarm bell should be off already at these companies that they work at. Okay. Yeah. And so I think you and I have a lot of work to do in the West to really still talk through a lot of this stuff with them. Right. Well, this is our aim. Of this pod, right? Just keep on educating and informing, and yeah, because they, you know, I like the, the the documentary. I think it was a hopeful documentary as opposed to an objective documentary that kind of looked at all sides. And so, I do recommend watching it because hearing the Honda guy, the GM guy, kind of talk through their logic on a lot of this stuff. If you follow tech, it's it's nothing new. Yeah. The the one thing that was a bit concerning about these guys or these and it was mostly guys and a couple of women is that most of them were lifers. You know, with the exception of the lucid guy and the Rivian guy who are obviously, you know, working at startups, they're lifers at these companies, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. So I I don't know how much disruption they're going to be actually doing at the legacy companies that they work at, which is concerning because at this point in time, and this is Volkswagen too, right? This is the case in point. You need more tech people in leadership roles, not in technical roles, in leadership roles. Think Doug Field, okay? He spent years out in Silicon Valley. He gets it. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, I mean, visiting Apple and <laughs> uh, that that plug and play uh, event, uh, talking to the Nvidia guy. I mean, the, the dynamic, the feel is just totally different, right? Uh, the it was important that we talked to the Nvidia guy, being a technical guy, not yeah. a business guy, 
And, you know, it was, he was, I value these conversations because it really adds to our knowledge base. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I, 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 I don't want to say too much about what specifically we talked about, but, you know, he effectively told us that the whole team had to work overtime to get that, that China only server. Yeah. Uh, into, into <laughs> fabrication. Yeah. And yeah. he questioned whether the automotive sector could do something like that and, or yeah. had, to, had a willingness to do something like that where it's yeah. like, you know what? Cause well, NVIDIA was, was potentially going to lose millions and hundreds of tens of millions, hundreds of millions of revenue if yeah. they hadn't done that, but they just go and get it done. And so, and, and NVIDIA is seems, and NVIDIA and Qualcomm seem to be way out in front when it comes to the AI chips too. Yeah. So great conversations this week, great new friends we've met for you, for me. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, reconnecting, uh, seeing some of the people that I've seen before again, and some of them that we've been seeing online, but now literally seeing the person, you know, Peter Rawlinson, for example, right? <laughs> that was cool. I think that that's, you know, we, we can't be exhaustive because there were a lot more that we can share, but, you know, because of time. Yeah. I, I think it was, uh, I don't know. Do, do you think it topped the Detroit trip? Close. But... I think it's different. I just think it's different. <laughs> it's different. You know? yeah, for, it's different for me, so. for me, it was like <laughs> my kind of welcome back to the U.S. kind of. Yeah, I can. I, I, I saw that. I mean, you, yeah. And kind of comparing contra oh who who else did we bump into at lunch yesterday what's his name dan dan tell him about dan oh yeah the uh head of the design at chen motor formerly <laughs> now so so forgot to mention yeah if you unless you have anything else i'll just bring up a couple of things and then we'll open the room up no i don't have any anything else i think it's important to note that mercedes uh with the eqs in china and the in the e- eqc the eqe and the eq uh, S. S. Yeah. Yes. So the EQS is the China, uh, the the electric S class. The top edition, I think it was 1.1 million. It was an AMG version of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, they reduced it by 33,000 US dollars a few days ago. Yeah. So there's a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, there're basically no demand for it. And we're talking the one with the 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 coast to coast screen, okay? Yeah. So we're this is the challenge that the um, ABB, the traditional legacies, are going to be under in China. And if their flagships are not resonating with the market, oh my goodness, it's go- it is going to trickle down to their other products. Yes. Okay? Because that's why it's a flagship, because it represents the best of the brand. Okay? And if they're not buying the best of the brand, the richest people or the, you know, the most influential and affluent, then that's going to spell trouble for the rest of the brand, uh, the products. Yeah, you know, S-Class China is the biggest market for the S-Class, the ICE version. Yeah. Can the same thing happen in the EQ version? That's a question mark, right? <laughs> well, the EQ was also reduced, I think, by 7,000 or 6,000 US dollars. So not, not, not insignificant. Yeah. Huge. But I don't know how much that has to do with Tesla's price reduction. I think that was more of an overdue thing. Yeah, okay? but Mercedes also offering compensation for existing customers. Yes, to make them whole. Through some kind of rebates or something, you know. So <laughs> in order to keep their 
the customers that they spent that spent the extra thirty three thousand US dollars happy or at least not too upset. They they were offering alternate compensation or not reimbursement, but some alternate compensation for that. I think yeah. that's important to note. TSMC is rumored to be building a second factory in Arizona. Uh, this one to fabricate sub three nanometer transistor ASICs. So TSMC is really, really trying to mitigate some risk here. And I tweeted onshoring from Taiwan. <laughs> so that was a huge win for Arizona because in total, they're going to be investing $24 billion over the next few years. So uh, kudos to them. Yeah, this week, I mean, they're, they're, I'm, they're, there were a lot of things going on in China, but we kind of <laughs> yeah. step away a little bit from, from that action. And Mary said, Mary said that they'd be profitable by, by 2025, that GM would be profitable. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work if battery pricing is volatile, but... It can always change. Yeah. You can always you know, say, oh, because of this and that, we're not going to achieve it. You know, so. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for joining, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. We will talk with you all next week. And likewise, have a good weekend. Bye-bye. That brings us to the end of this week's show. Lay and I thank you for tuning in. My name is Tu Lee, and you can find me on Twitter at Sino Auto Insight. That's S-I-N-O-A-U-T-O-I-N-S-I-G-H-T. You can find Lei on Twitter at LeiXing77. That's L-E-I-X-I-N-G-77. If you wouldn't mind rating and or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you grab your podcast from, we'd appreciate that as well. Even better, if you enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. Please join us again next week as we track down all the latest news on China, EVs, and more.